Hello. Welcome to the Jet Setting Family Travel Podcast. I'm Jess. And I'm Rod. And today we're talking about all the pros and cons of full-time travel. (laughs) (laughs) It's been two years now that our full-time travels came to an end. Thank you, COVID. And we have settled down in Florida. So we've been in a home base for two years, and we often reflect back on our full-time travels for two years. So we thought it'd be a fun episode just to kind of talk about our reflections of it. And now that we have a home base, kind of, do we miss life on the road? What are the pros and cons to each different lifestyle? So I will start out by saying, I do miss life on the road tremendously. For me, it was incredible. What are your thoughts, Rod? Yeah, I think we're constantly in this state of wanting the other thing, (laughs) the grass is greener type of view. I think here in... Florida, we have a home base, we have stability, but we don't have the excitement that we had when we traveled full-time. Sometimes when we traveled full-time, it's like, oh, this is pretty hectic. And I think we're going to get to talking more about this later on. But yeah, I think right now we, we definitely have conversations about continuing to live the full-time kind of lifestyle. And I think that's it's not a matter of if, it's probably a matter of when for us. And it doesn't have to be this like, oh, I, once I go full time, I can never go back. I think we've understood or gotten to the point where it's like if we travel for a summer for two or three months straight or if we rent out the house again to travel full time for a couple of months or a year or two, but then come back to this place. You know, it's not an either or and trying to find that right balance between the two. I think it's something that we're still trying to figure out, but ultimately just loving the fact that we do have the ability to make that choice. Yes. It's just, I think it's funny. The the more we get to know our community, the harder it gets to leave due to friendships and connections made. Because I learned through studying abroad a lot in college that every time I left for an extended period of time, when you do come back, groups change, relationships change, people change, they find new friend groups. And so it's not always that easy to assimilate again. So that always is in the back of my head of like, oh, but if we leave, life won't be the same when we come back. (laughs) But let's start with some pros of full-time travel. I think one of the biggest pros from a financial perspective is, is you can travel to way more destinations at a cheaper price than if you were to go back and forth from a home base throughout the year. And the reason that is, is when you're buying a lot of one-way tickets, so we would go, we'd buy one ticket to Southeast Asia. And since we had nowhere to be, we didn't have to go home. We would stay in Southeast Asia, that really expensive ticket. We'd stay there for four to five months and explore that region. And while there, you could take local airplanes, you could take trains, buses, whatever it may be. So, you know, we would fly to Bali and we'd get to Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam, Malaysia, that whole region over several months was much cheaper to travel to than to be flying back and forth to the U.S. So that affordability is a huge, huge factor. And you have to consider, I always say, full-time traveling is like a substitute cost. Unlike paying for your home base where you have all these expenses, you have a car, you have a home, you probably have maintenance fees or whatever that may be, and you're saving to also go on a vacation eventually. When you full-time travel, you're substituting that cost completely. So your home becomes an Airbnb expense. Your car payment, you get rid of the car, and that becomes your flight. All the clothes and the home goods and the decor items you're buying for your home, 
those that financial money goes towards excursions. And so really you're substituting costs. So it's not, traveling doesn't become an additional cost in your life anymore. It just becomes, you know, your everyday living cost, which just makes it way more affordable to see a lot of things. Yeah, and I think on on that note, it also limits your ability to spend on certain things. So when you're living at home, you're probably buying new clothes, you're, you know, building up a closet, and when you're traveling, you're typically traveling with your suitcases and there's limited space in those suitcases. So unless you're buying things and shipping them home or somewhere else, uh, whatever you're taking with you, that's what you continue to take with you. So the the activity of buying more things becomes more of a, a heavier decision because not only do you have to consider buying the new thing, you have to consider where is the space that I'm going to put this in? Do I have to get rid of something else or not? So there's, it's not necessarily just a substitution cost of the, the lifestyle itself, but also the decisions that you have to make. And in a way, it just becomes simpler because you have what you have and you take what you have with you until you decide to kind of replace it. Yeah. And I think that would be a con for me of having a home base is that I kept saying, when we return home, we are going to be minimalist, guys. That lasted like two months. Um, I, think, <laughs> I think, sadly, the consumerism, I don't know, the way they market it, you just want a lot of things. And when you have the space to fill... You just start buying things. I look back at our Christmas this year and, oh, it pained me because we the kids had a big Christmas this year, which we've never done before. Yeah. And Rod kept saying they're only little for a little bit longer. We should have one big Christmas, which is fine. But I just remember our Christmas when we full-time travel in Saip. We were in uh, Seoul, South Korea. We literally went to a market the night before Christmas and each person got like two toys they could fit in their backpack and that was the end of it. And everyone <laughs> was happy. So... Definitely, uh, you consume and you purchase way less objects on the road. Yeah, but also you you spend that money on experiences instead, right? So there's tours and things that, yeah, that's what travel is for. And I'm assuming that that would be one of the reasons why you would want to consider full-time travel in the first place. So definitely a pro there. Another pro of full-time travel is the ability to focus on the moment more, at least in my perspective, I feel like especially if you truly full-time travel without having an Airbnb back home, a rental back home, like anything back home that requires time, energy, effort, thought, you can really just be, you know, wherever you are in the world. You could be in Patagonia and it's you, your immediate family, and your two suitcases or whatever you travel with. And that's your only worries is what's going on in that moment, in that place. Now I find from a home base when we travel, it's like I'm thinking our... The bills at the homes being paid, you know, does the car going to have gas when we get back? I mean, there's just a lot of things that you're thinking about, about your home base while you're away that you never get that true experience of being like everything I own and everything I need is right here in this actual room with me and there's no other worry. Yeah, I think just the <laughs> not having to clean dishes or do maintenance around the house and having the worries of things breaking and having a backup plan for whenever that happens calling in technicians or whatever it is that is really freeing it does bring that simplicity to life in a way that is really enjoyable i think the the counterpoint to that would be yes there is some complexity in creating the full-time lifestyle to begin with there's going to be some growing pains along the way of figuring out 
how do I pack my stuff? How do I coordinate the logistics of a travel day? How do I figure out where I want to go next? But after a couple of weeks, then you really settle into that rhythm where moving places does become routine. You already know and have done that multiple times, and it really becomes simple in that way. Yes. Another pro, this is Rod's big pro for full-time travel, (laughs) is the feeling of freedom. Tell us about that. Yeah, freedom. That was my main pro, I think, of full-time travel. And one of the reasons why in 2018 we decided to sell everything and start that was from my perspective, having, you know, a nine to five job and making sure that you are accomplishing those responsibilities while at the same time, maybe planning one or two trips, trying to prioritize spending time with the family whenever you're not at work. I think when you're traveling, and yes, you might still be be working, but we'll get to this in a little bit. You might be working remotely or have some kind of flexible arrangement. You're still doing it together, and you also have that ability to choose where it is that you want to go next, where when you're at home, you might have be capped by time. So if you have like a spring break where you're planning a vacation, you it might not make sense to go all the way across the world because that's going to take a long time to get there to maybe spend one or two days and then come back. So being able to have that freedom to plan longer or shorter stays as necessary or if you decide that you get to a place and you really love it and you want to stay longer, you can. Or if you don't like it at all and you want to leave earlier, you can as well. And that's not an option that you typically get when you have a home base. So definitely a huge huge pro for me yeah i do miss that freedom of just being like we absolutely fell in love with the city let's stay an extra week it's like you don't have that as much i think you could have that if you remote work and have a home base but once you put your kids in school it's a whole different ball game which we'll get to as well (laughs) i think another thing is full-time travel can simplify life tremendously depending on what region of the world you're traveling in. For us, when we're in Latin America or Southeast Asia or somewhere that is much cheaper than the U.S., we are able to have our laundry done at a laundry service. We predominantly eat out while on the road unless it's something simple like cereal or waffles in the morning. But we eat a lot of our meals out just because they're so, so affordable. And then like since we're staying at Airbnbs, we were usually there one week at a time. So, you know, we never got stuck with deep cleaning. You kind of pack up your stuff and leave and arrive at a new clean place, (laughs) which was nice. And we worked with a lot of hotels, which meant a lot of times we had buffets all day or all you can eat. And so it's amazing just how much time those tasks in your everyday life take from your day. The doing the laundry, the planning of the meals, the going groceries, the cooking, All those little things, they add up. And I don't think I really realized how time-consuming they were until we were in Southeast Asia and Latin America. And we really decided that since it was so affordable, we were going to just outsource that and not do them ourselves. And that was pretty incredible. I think it just simplified our everyday life a lot where we just spent a lot of time together. (laughs) Yeah, and it was that simplicity is also going to be variable depending on whether you're traveling fast or slow and this is probably a separate topic than this episode but the whole concept of full-time travel typically people are like oh you need to you know travel fast go from place to place every week or so or you can do slow travel at first we started with fast travel and we realized that that really 
wore us out and we needed to find time to kind of decompress and reflect and kind of plan and prepare for the next set of travel. So we would go from this state of traveling quickly to a state of slower-ish travel and back and forth. But that's that's part of the freedom portion of this big pro, right? Is you have the ability to do that and understand how you can change your plan or if you need to during the, the given place that you're at. I think our schedule for us ended up being roughly, we would fast travel anywhere from six to eight weeks and then we'd pick one location to spend a month at. And then we'd hit the road again another six to eight weeks mm-hmm. fast traveling and then we'd spend three weeks somewhere. So we, like Rod said, we had these like burnout periods where we're like, oh man, <laughs> we just need to find a place to hunker down and rest. Because <laughs> when you are fast traveling, it's a pro and a con. I feel like what I have learned is whenever we have a very long time at a destination, you put things off until the last week. You're like, yep. oh, well, I'll get to that later. I'll do that later. And so your first two weeks are pretty lackadaisic. You're trying to just going about it, scoping the scene. And then your last week, you're jamming everything in. <laughs> well, at least that's what we do. Maybe we're just horrible procrastinators. Whereas when we fast traveled, I mean, you don't really have time to procrastinate. So we'd get there, go, 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 go. We'd move to the next place, go, 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 go. And so, yeah, it's just, it's different. It's a different mindset. Yeah. One example of that was when we spent a couple of weeks in Europe. We were working with Eurail and Eurail, the the train system, gave us a 30-day pass for unlimited train travel. And for that, that was, I don't know if that was a blessing or a curse for us (laughs) because... That 30 days, we figured, man, there are so many destinations that we want to go to. So we made this crazy plan where Rod. we were moving. Rod yeah, made by the crazy we, plan. Uh, we mean me. <laughs> we're moving basically every two to three days from a different city or a different country in Europe. So to give you an example of that, we started in the United Kingdom in England. From there, we actually flew to Portugal. And then we started this massive trip from Portugal to Spain, all across like Germany, France, Belgium, Czech Republic, Hungary, Italy. And then by the end of those 30 days, it's like, all right, we have done so much of Europe. We went to Florence, Italy, and we stayed there for three weeks. The first two weeks, we hardly did anything because so we were so tired. Yeah. I would not recommend if you fast travel to do less than a week at each place. I don't know. I thought that trip was, we have beautiful photos from that trip, but I felt like each city was so rushed that like I didn't get a good sense of each place yeah. as much as it's I definitely would have a blur. Liked. That's for sure. It was yep. a blur. It was exhausting. But I don't know. It's kind of cool though to have these moments you look back and just laugh at. Because that was a crazy trip. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Some of the cons of full-time travel. I mean, there's pros and cons to anything in life. And I think if you really look at this pro and con list, the flip side's always going to be something about home. So for us, the con was the lack of community, which I will say, as I say lack of community, I was super blessed to the Instagram community because along our travels, we were able to meet a lot of people who I had spoken with on Instagram for a year or two. We got to do a couple homestays in New Zealand and Ireland and Belgium and Maui. Like there was just so many places that so many of you from our Instagram community welcomed us into your home for a week, which was incredible, or even a night. But those weeks we would cherish and hold on to because it was like all of a sudden we had this little sense of home. The kids had friends to play with. It was beautiful. 
But then we'd hit the road again, and we never, during those two years, the kids never had solid friendships during those two years. You know, they'd meet friends at a kids' club, and we'd move the week later. And so I think that, I think Rod and I would have been okay without the community. I think, yeah. I mean, we're just weird, and we like being with each other all the time. (laughs) But also the excitement of meeting new people is fun, and being in a global community now connected by the internet, like, you'll keep in touch Touch with all of these people and all the new friends that you make. I will say, the kids did awesome. I think when Santi started to hit around seven... I think it like anything under seven, I think your kids just want you as a parent and they don't necessarily care that much. Around seven, it was towards the end of our travel, which is when COVID hit and we ended abruptly. But we had we had planned on doing like a six to seven month slowdown at this point already. Right. Because Santi kept saying, I'm tired of saying bye to friends. I would love to have friends that are long term. I And he started to express the fact that community was something at his age and developmentally is really important to him. And, you know, we realized that we really needed to prioritize that. There are different communities out there that you can join and you travel kind of in like a cohort, which is something maybe in the future we would look into so that you can have best of both worlds. I think that for me, the reason I'm nervous is that's very hit or miss. I think it'd be very dependent on what cohort you got put in and if you really wanted to hang out with those people for a year. But I think community was the biggest con with kids. And I think if you are going to full-time travel with older kids, that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, it's probably even harder with older kids, I would think, because they have already have their main friendships and they've established roots in a, in a given place. So to take them away from that, that's something that we're weighing and considering now that we've been here for two years. And every time that we think about full-time travel again, back then it was... In 2018, it was very much a, we are selling everything, we are leaving, and we are starting this adventure where we don't know where we're going to finish. Now, with the context that our kids are older, they have these really great friendships here in Florida, it's not necessarily a, we're going to sell everything again, leave again, with no kind of end in sight for how this would be. I think if we were to do it again, it would very much be, We're going to do it for maybe this amount of time, but probably come back to either this house from renting it out or to the same area and community because we know that this is a place that our kids do love. And while they do love travel as well and they get used to it, I think now having had those experiences and those bonds are going to be a little bit more tough to to move forward with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we say that now. I look back at middle school and maybe it was just my personal experience. I hated middle school so much. Had my parents been like, let's pack up and leave for two years, I would have happily gone <laughs> anywhere else but where I was. Um, I just, I thought sixth through eighth grade were awful. And I begged to homeschool. I just, I didn't like school. I was, you know, granted, I had like short hair, braces, headgear, glasses. I mean, it was a rough period of life. I would have loved to have gone elsewhere. I wouldn't have let my parents document me on social media at that point, though. So (laughs) (laughs) for me, I don't think I had awful middle school years. I think it's just generally forgettable years that I do have memories of my experiences there. But I don't have these like, oh, I did this amazing thing in seventh grade. And it's become a part of who I am, right? Where if you're traveling during sixth seventh eighth grade and you actually do remember some of those things right now our kids think that they remember our previous full-time travels but really it's just 
they are remembering what they've been seeing from the Instagram and the YouTube videos that yeah. we had before and not necessarily like a core memory of what they experienced. So it's very interesting when you think about memory and your ability to kind of remember what it is that you went through. Another con, life on the road can be very chaotic and unpredictable. So if you are working remotely, that is a huge factor. I mean, there were places that said they had Wi-Fi. First off, always read the reviews. If it says great Wi-Fi, no, read the reviews and look at what it says. But even then, it could have great Wi-Fi, but maybe that area of the world has constant power outages. Maybe that area of the world has earthquakes often and the power goes out for however many hours that happened to us with a podcast. I mean, it's just when you have a home base, you know what to expect from your work conditions, your living conditions, your everyday life. When you're on the road, when we weren't working, I think we're really flexible and we just roll with whatever we got and never really cared. But there were times where we had a big work schedule that week and, you know, it just wasn't the best of conditions. You know, when you Go to an Airbnb and you find out, oh, they're building a building next door and it's just insanely loud construction. So, you know, you can't film a podcast from there. So now you're looking for a workspace. It's that part of it does get tiring to every week to be like, okay, here are my circumstances for the week. What can I do out of this Airbnb or hotel that I'm at? What do I need to now go find somewhere else to get the work done? Because maybe I can't get it done here and to navigate all of these circumstances on a quickly rotating basis gets very tiring. It is tiring, yeah. But I think it's also really cool. <laughs> when, I think when we started, we would have these freak out moments where we're like, what are we doing? What did we get ourselves into? We need to start thinking about how we're going to make it home because this is terrible. And the more and more that these things happened, the the this like little slight evolution happened in which those same problems a year later would come up again and we'd be like, oh yeah, we've figured this out before. This has happened and all right, there's construction in the building next door. That sucks. We can't record our podcast or we can't have this meeting or whatever. Let's figure out what the co-working situation is in this city and let's go see what that looks like. Let's go see if there's a place where the kids can find a playground while we'll work out of the Wi-Fi if it's an indoor playground or whatever. Right, so your your ability to solve problems um, grows in a way that yes, those problems still do happen more, and it's a little bit more chaotic than if you were at home. But you learn to adjust. But yeah, as, as Jess mentioned, it is tiring though. It does get <laughs> tiring. tiring. We're like, oh man, we have bad Wi-Fi again. <laughs> what are we gonna do? And I think it depends. I think the level of your frustration is gonna depend on your job to some degree. Like for us, thankfully, as contractors. If we have to move a meeting, it's kind of we don't have an exact boss necessarily. Mm -hmm. I think if Rod's doing Air Force Reserve work where like we have he has to be logged in and there's 30 people on a meeting and they don't they're not going to move it for him. It's like those are the times it becomes a little bit more stressful because it's like maybe our improvising is going to take an extra two hours. So we need to push things back. (laughs) But yeah, it's just something to know. I do think being on the road makes you more resilient. That's a big pro to traveling. And that's one of those cases where you become that. Right. Yep. Let me see. One of the pros, I should have done it earlier, but one of the pros that I think we didn't mention was, is how much the kids learn from travel, even though they don't remember. To me is a huge pro. 
they learn to be more flexible. Nora, I remember when Santi was a baby, guys, we were the parents who had a very strict sleep schedule. We had the white noisemaker. He had to be in a pitch black room. It's like we made sure that no matter what was happening, these were the sleep circumstances. And there was, in our minds, no way he'd ever be able to sleep unless all of his prerequisites were made. (laughs) And we quickly learned that Yeah, it takes some times for your kids to get used to sleeping in any type of condition. But Nora was kind of brought up that way. We left when she was two. And Nora could sleep anywhere. I mean, she slept on top of a suitcase. She slept in a tuk-tuk. I mean, she when it was nap time, you're like, Nora, it's nap time. She'd find somewhere to go to sleep. And so did Santi. Santi with time learned. And so I think that they learned to be flexible, to be resilient. I think just seeing... They might not have distinct memories, but I truly believe it's a pro and it's ingrained in them. Like they have seen people from all different cultures of different ethnicities, different religions, different attire, all different aspects of life. They have seen extremely wealthy nations, extremely poor nations. And I think the more they're just exposed to it, it becomes very normal to them to realize there are incredible people all over the world there are a lot of differences all over the world and that shouldn't be shocking and everywhere you go in the world you can find kindness and you can find beauty and you can find a wonderful adventure and I think raising them on the road like this just makes that kind of a natural teaching rather than something jarring for someone who doesn't travel often and all of a sudden they're thrown into this and so I just think it's a beautiful beautiful life lesson for them yeah I'm in we haven't seen the full results of this, right? But what we hope as parents is as they continue to grow, they're more open-minded and willing to to understand people's differences and backgrounds and really having that awareness of different cultures, different levels of living, and that will help form their personalities and the way that they approach problems and new opportunities in the future. Yeah, I definitely think for me that was one of the biggest pros of traveling is hopefully, I mean, I don't know, guys, I hope they don't grow up and I'm like, where did we go wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, though, those are things that I believe have been instilled in them and I hope that we get to see that as they grow and hopefully as we continue to travel from home base. One of the other cons of full-time travel is it's kind of like community, but it's being away from family. We lost a lot of family moments where we weren't able to, you know, share birthdays with our kids, with their grandparents or their cousins. There's just moments when you're in Saipan or South Korea, even sometimes a really happy or hard moment comes up. It's not easy to get home quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thankfully, with technology, you can FaceTime or call. It's become easier, but it's definitely different. Yeah, I think the the concept of just being face-to-face and present in the moment with people is a little different because while right now, even in Florida, we still don't see family all the time, right? But we st- we have an easier ability to do so since we're closer. Uh, so really, your your results for this one may vary if you're going to travel to a place where you do have extended family there or that your family can go there and visit you, then this is not as much of a problem. But for us, when we're moving every week, <laughs> from uh, one continent potentially to another and it's very hard to forecast the the nature of where we're going to be in the next couple of months because if opportunities came up where we had to work and go to a specific place then uh, that made it really difficult to coordinate meeting with friends and family along the way yeah 
So that was a little bit tricky. And I think besides that, I wanted to talk a little bit about having this home base now and kind Mm -hmm. of the mindset that that has become. So we do have a home in Florida now that we travel to and from. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, I think... I think this is depends on what type of lifestyle you choose. I think if our children were homeschooled still, which we did the first year here, or in private school, I think that we wouldn't be as restricted with travel as we are currently. We ended up deciding to put our kids in public school for a few reasons. One, financially. Two, it's really nice that they go to school with all of their neighbors. There's literally 30 kids at their bus stop. And yeah. it's really fun to see them all go together in a little group and have friends in their classroom. But that has limited us tremendously. You know, we now travel at spring break and summertime and typically Christmas or New Year's, Thanksgiving, you know, all the holidays. And that's when travel is way more expensive. It is way more crowded. It's very hard if you are a content creator to land collaborations during these peak seasons. Content creators typically are landing jobs February, April, September, October, all the slow months. So it's very work prohibiting, I guess, to some degree, if you are doing travel work to have your children in school. And that's something for us that we will have to navigate because that is a big con of having not necessarily a home base, but having a home base with kids in school, I think would be that caveat. That's something we're going to navigate as we go forward. Right now, our kids love school so much that I think that's just a sacrifice we have to make as parents for them. But in the future, we might go back to private school or homeschool and then just have a lot more flexibility. Yeah, I think just to cap off the the entirety of this episode with the pros and cons of this, they're all very fluid, right? I think a con for some people might be a pro for another. So in terms of chaos, people, maybe people like solving problems. And when things come up, they're like, ooh, all right, let's figure this out and let's do this. Or some people might think that, oh, having, you know, I like potentially knowing that I have a place to come back to if I wanted to. So I love having a home base. And that's the reason why I travel is to go on vacations, but also to come back to my happy place and the place where I'm most comfortable. So I think just ultimately being able to have the opportunity to make that decision for yourself based on what your family thinks or what you and, you know, the people you're traveling with are thinking what the current situations are, what are the things that you want out of travel, right? Finding that why of why are you traveling full time? That's going to help you come up with really the plan that it's all going to fall into place, whether it's full time, if it's full time, will it be slow or fast? And it's all those are all the little decisions that are going to happen once you figure out why is it that I want to travel full time or why is it that I want to have a home base or really what am I getting out of travel? And I think that if you want to consider the full-time travel lifestyle, you don't have to do what we did and dive all in right at once. I think that there was a beauty of that freedom that we felt when we made that choice. But I would suggest if you can work wise and you work remotely, you know, going for two months in the summer while your kids have off one year, you know, try to just plan a two month summer long trip where you live life on the road and decide, is this something we love? Do we miss home? Are we excited to go home? Do we wish we could go longer? And I think kind of doing it that way will let you know, like kind of what your tolerance level is or what your enjoyment level is. And knowing I can't go home for these two months. We did that last summer 
now that we have a home base and we found someone like a trusted house sitter to stay at the house with our yep. dog, because we do own a dog that is not <laughs> inducive to full-time travel, but we love him. So someone stayed at our house and watched our dog for free and we were able to leave. And it was nice. I think the kids were excited to come home. I was ready to like live my life on the road still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... And I think that's another element too. When we're when the kids were little, we were able to fully make that decision what Rod and I wanted. And now that they're older, you know, these pros and cons aren't just something for us as parents to look at. It's something we have to sit down with our kids and kind of see their pro and con list and decide, you know, as a family, each of us decide like, is this something that we would ever do again? Yeah, yeah. And I think the the variables, right? Schooling is one of those, work is the other. Working remotely, I think that's one of the the benefits, at least if there's any benefits from the pandemic, is there was a huge digital transformation across the world and it's made remote work more acceptable, more commonplace, and a little bit easier to kind of plan for. So when we left, we we didn't have much of that opportunity, so we wanted to create that ourselves with which is why we started the jet setting family. It's we're going to chronicle our adventures and we're going to have that as great memories. But at the same time, we want to build a business where we'll have the flexibility to work from wherever we are and being able to kind of build out and design the lifestyle that we want for ourselves. So, yeah, I hope that in this episode, hearing our pros and cons, you kind of get a better idea of I don't know what it is to be on the road full time, what to expect, what you're giving up by doing that. My vote would to one day be to full time travel again. I think maybe the kids would be as well, but not currently where they're at. They're really happy having a home base. And so we will continue to have a home base until until that changes. Right. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's it. I hope if you guys have questions on what is it like to live life on the road, what are the pros and cons and kind of trying to assess maybe if it's something that interests you, how you're going to manage that. If you have any questions, reach out to hello at thejetsettingfamily.com. We always try to get back the best of our ability. If you don't get a response within two days, ping us again. It might have gotten lost somewhere, but we do our best to reply yeah. to all of you. And always, you know, reach out at the Jet Setting Family on Instagram as well. That's where we're probably most active. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening again. Thank you for your support. And we look forward to another episode next week. But until next time, happy happy jet jet setting. setting.